The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Thank you, Lord. Well, good morning one more time. And uh, we are starting a brand new series today. Are you ready? Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Namflange, Nasjaye, Vandar. I'll learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Let's go quickly to 3 John uh, chapter number 1 verse 2. Um, 3 John 1, 2 or 3 John 2 because it's only got one chapter, right? So we can say 3 John verse 2 third john verse 2 and so the apostle john says uh, beloved i wish above all things or i will is uh, expressing to us god's wish or god's will right here's what he says he says beloved i pray in 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 the original king james it says i wish above all things that you may prosper and so we know that prosperity is god's wish for us right Amen. And he says something else. He says, I wish above all things, I will, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Did you see that? He says, my prayer, my will is that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That, that last statement there, uh, even as your soul prospers, just simply means this, to the degree that your soul prospers or to the degree that you renew your mind, you'll be able to uh, walk in these things. But uh, uh, what I want to draw your attention to, uh, brothers and sisters, is this, that it is God's will uh, that you and I uh, live in divine health. Uh, in fact, God's perfect will for every single one of his children is divine health. And uh, I want to submit to you this morning that divine health is greater than divine healing. Because for you to need divine healing, you have to get sick first. Divine health, you don't need to get sick. You can just experience it. Amen? And that's what God's uh, will is uh, for every single one of uh, his children. And I was saying in the first service uh, that, you know, the, the challenge we have sometimes with the church is that uh, because, uh, you know, people generally are, are so much into theatrics and uh, theater, that's what, you know, we get, that's where we get the word theatrics from, you know, theater. People are, are all into shows and nothing wrong with, you know, seeing a show, uh, but because of that and because of our addiction uh, around theatrics and theater, a lot of people don't give glory for divine health. Uh, in fact, you know, I, sometimes I walk up to people and I say, man, I would like you to share a testimony. And uh, they usually say, well, Pastor Z, I don't have one right now. Well, have you been in hospital in the last five years? No. Have you been in hospital? Uh, have you ever spent a night in hospital since you were born? No. Uh, so you've been experiencing divine health uh, all along. Yeah, but Pastor Z, you know, that won't uh, impress anybody. 
you know, because it's got to be a story of some sort of struggle, right? I had this ailment, and then the doctor said he was crazy. It couldn't be cured. And then uh, uh, Jesus came through for me. And then everybody, wow, that's a testimony. Well, I'm telling you, there's a greater testimony than falling sick, getting healed, falling sick again, getting healed. And that testimony is of enjoying divine health. Amen. 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 And so he says, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. That is a perfect will for you and I. It is to be in health to a point where we never have to need divine healing. If you ever need divine healing, it's available for you. But God's will for you is divine health. God's will for every single one of his children is the blessing. It is not miracles. And so for the church, uh, we don't realize that for you to need a miracle, uh, you need to be in crisis first. If you are in the blessing, you never have a crisis. In fact, if you are in the blessing, you perform miracles for others. Jesus never needed a miracle for himself because he had no point in his life was he ever in a crisis situation. He was in the blessing and therefore he could perform miracles for others. Only blessed people can perform miracles for others. When you're at the checkout uh, a till at uh, pick and pay and you're getting ready to pay for your bills, but you observe over there, there's a young lady or an older lady, a man, old man. He's putting together coins, trying to pay for the little groceries. Hey, I got that. Hey, tell that man I've got that. Put it on my tab. You, for, to him, it's a miracle. To you, it's just a blessing overflowing. And God wants us in the blessing so that we can perform miracles for others. And so while we're talking about healing, receiving healing for yourself, I'm also going to be emphasizing a lot about giving healing to others. I'm, uh, it's going to be a mind renewal. It's going to be a mind shift. It's going to be a paradigm shift uh, to where when you start reading stories in the Bible, you're not going to position yourself anymore with the person in need, but with the person who provides the solution for those in need. I remember starting out in the ministry, I would always position my hearers, those who were listening to me while I'm preaching, uh, to be the person uh, in need. You know, we would read the story of the woman uh, uh, with the issue of blood, and I would come with the assumption that everybody is in the position of the woman with the issue of blood. That was not Jesus' intention. Jesus' intention is for us to see ourselves as he is, so are we in this world. The things that he has done, greater things shall we do as believers because he has gone to be with the Father. And so as you read that story, you're going to stop seeing yourself as the woman pressing in. I used to preach that. If you need a blessing from God, if you need healing, you've got you've to press in with intensity. Press in through the crowd like you really need it. And when you get close to him, you better grab that hem of the garment and grab it. Don't let it go. And say, Lord, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Well, I'm reading the story the wrong way. Jesus wants you to be in his shoes. Amen. To where you are the blessed one, delivering healing to others. And when you assume that position, there's way more victory there than in always trying to get something. Can I get an amen? 
And so we're going to be talking about receiving healing. There is a place that you can receive healing if you have sickness in your body. We will take care of that. But God's will for you and I as believers is to be the ones that deliver uh, healing to others. Can I get an amen? And so as we start, there are two very important things that you need to know about healing. And number one, it is this, that healing is always. Someone say always. Not sometimes. Healing is always God's will. God's will is always to heal. This is why Jesus paid for it at the cross. Paid for it. When he said it is finished, uh, that you know, phrase means tetelestai, paid in full. He accomplished healing for us at the cross. Isaiah 53, uh, 2 uh, verse 5. Uh, it says, uh, 53 verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, the stripes he took on his body, we are healed. And not only that, if you really look close to what happened at the cross, if you read Isaiah 52 verse 14, it says his visage, his face did not look like that of a human because of all of the punishment, all of the sin, all of the curse, all of the sickness and disease that he drew on his body, he became the very thing that would torment man later on at the cross so that he could set free uh, uh, the man from it. And so Jesus has already taken care of this healing issue. Always God's will to heal. Always. Amen. And the second thing you, uh, uh, before we even uh, uh, go to the second thing, let's prove, let's give you uh, a few scriptures to prove what I just said. 1 John 3, 8, it says, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God, which is Jesus, was manifested. What purpose? To destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus was manifested to destroy something called the works of the devil. So there must be some Something called the works of the devil. What are those works of the devil? Acts 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all. Someone say all. He went about healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So here in Acts 10 38, uh, uh, he calls uh, uh, healing uh, deliverance from oppression from the devil. So sickness is not a blessing from the Lord. It's an oppression from the devil. And when Jesus was manifested, it was to manifest divine healing. Watch this, for all. Do you realize that Jesus didn't ask for uh, people's uh, resume before he healed them? He didn't ask for their past before he healed them. You know why? Because healing was for all. Do you also realize that a sin can't stop healing? Because everybody that Jesus healed was a sinner. They were not Christians. Say what? Because he hadn't died and rose again for them to be able to confess Romans 10 verse 9. Because you can't confess it before it happens, right? You have to believe in your heart that Jesus died, but he ain't died yet. So nobody could be a Christian. The disciples were not Christians. You see, I'm messing with some of you. So sin can't stop the power of God. Amen. I said amen. Light is way more powerful than darkness. And so let's see something else. 
This is going to blow your mind. Number two, the Great Commission also includes healing, healing the sick. And so the Great Commission is something that Jesus pronounced, or if you will, an assignment that he gave to all of us. All of us, no one is spared. You could get born again, you know, uh, uh, right now, at this very minute. You are also included in the Great Commission. He has already empowered you, made power available for you to function in the Great Commission. It's sad to say that in many places it's become the Great Omission, but it's still Jesus' commission for every believer. And listen to this. This is what he says in the Great Commission. He says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In the Great Commission, there are signs that are supposed to follow everybody who believes. If you believe, there are some signs that are supposed to follow you. In my name, someone say in Jesus' name. Man, I could preach for a day just on that statement. In Jesus' name. See, these signs are not following you because you're cute. They are following you because in Jesus' name. Amen. They are following you because of the authority that has been bestowed upon you. Every time you see that you know, uh, phrase in Jesus' name, it's Jesus himself authorizing you to do something. Yeah. You know, I, I, I grew up with three uh, siblings. It was four of us, two older than me and one younger than me, and we would always get into all kinds of, you know, uh, confrontations and would always run to my parents to uh, get them to be, you know, both judge and jury over the issues. And so uh, sometimes I would catch my brothers do something crazy, and to get back at them, I would go and snitch on them, you know, go and tell on them to my parents and say, you know, you should go and see what your, your, your son is doing over there. And then this is what my dad would do. He would say, go and call him. Now, when I go and call them, I'm not calling them in my name. I'm calling them on the authority that I've been given by my father. You should have seen me when I was trying to convince them to go play with me in my name. It was a hard work. Please, please, can you play this game with me? Please, can we play soccer? Please, please. They would say no, no, no. But when my dad says go call them, all of a sudden there's a boldness that comes on me. Because I'm not going in my name, I'm going in my dad's name. And when I would go and call them, it didn't matter how I said it. In fact, sometimes I would just whisper it to trip them up. Dad is calling you. Let's see if you didn't hear that. Let's see if you're not going to obey that. And sometimes when Christians uh, uh, go in Jesus' name, they are doing too much because they don't realize the power of him who sent them. If you really realize the power of the one who sent you, you won't do too much. There won't be any begging because you know this thing is going to happen. It didn't matter how I did it. My brothers knew if I said dad is calling you, it's over with. Amen. And so what I'm about to read, the Great Commission, don't make the mistake of trying to make this happen in your own strength because you're going you're gonna to struggle. You're going to do too much. If you're going to do the Great Commission right, do it in Jesus' name. And so he starts off with this. You're not doing it in your name. You're doing it in his name. In other words, the checkbook that he's giving you now is signed Jesus Christ. And this check he's about to give to us will never bounce. Amen. 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 Watch what he says. In my name. In whose name? 
In Jesus' name. Man, you know, it's so awesome because Jesus is getting ready to show us a way of life. That's what Christianity is about. It's a way of life. It's a way that you and I are supposed to uh, live our lives Monday through Friday, uh, uh, Monday through Sunday. You know, it's a way of life. You know, we don't never take uh, off uh, from living this way. We, we live this way uh, everywhere we go. One of the challenges I have with the church, and, and I'm a part of it, so I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm a part of the church. In fact, I'm criticizing me because this is what I did, you know, in the past was that, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, Christianity is a relationship, uh, a, a lifestyle that continues Monday through Friday. And so what I did is uh, with, uh, with my religious, you know, mind and uh, Christianese all over us, you know, we tried to, 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 to live our lives based on moments. So it was, it was an encounter. We were always chasing an encounter. You know, come to service today, there's going to be an encounter. The only encounter you need is the first one that gets you born again. After that, it's a way of life. So we would come out, go to those services, and then they would say, yeah, you came to the encounter. The encounter is here. I'll close my eyes and search for the encounter and search for the encounter. And then no encounter. And then I'd leave the place disappointed. And then they would put out another poster for the big conference. Now, this one is in June. It's going to be four days of encounter. And then I'd go there starting Thursday. Encounter, encounter. I'm looking for encounter. I can't find encounter. Saturday, I'm coming back early. Encounter, where are you? Couldn't find encounter. It's, it was just me, you know. Saturday encounter. Where are you encounter? Encounter. Ah, no encounter. Sunday, disappointed again. But the promise again. Ah, the one. This one now, because the year is 2022 and the date is the 22nd of the second of the 2022 encounter day. It's 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 where history collides. This one, you're going to find the encounter. No encounter. You know why? Because God never meant for us to live a life of encounter to encounter. The only ever encounter that's recorded of the Apostle Paul is on his way to Damascus. From there onwards, it was a lifestyle yeah. of walking with God. Yeah. And then they would say, you know, the outpouring. There's a new outpouring. The only ever outpouring you'll ever experience is the outpouring that took place 2,000 years ago. And it is still valid and as powerful as it was 2,000 years ago. It does not need a top up. You know, we make it seem like God just gave us a, a, to the, a Pentecost. Man, it was the fullness of God coming to dwell in man. You know, a fresh one. Let's get a fresh anointing. What happened to the... To, did it become stale? Fresh fire. Let's get fresh. What happened to... Anyway, you know, I'm going to get into trouble, right? I always do. But here's the deal is that when we start to do it in his name, it becomes a lifestyle to where you can, you, you know, you can experience this in and outside of the church. Watch what he says. He says, in my name, believers, right? Everybody gets to do this. Believers, in my name, they will cast out demons. Believers. Not the apostle, not the pastor, not the teacher. Believers. The most powerful human being on the earth today is this person called the believer. Because God Almighty lives on the inside of them. Do you know how powerful you are just to be called a believer? 
Do you know what that means? That means all of the fullness of the Godhead dwells on the inside of Jesus, but you are a part of Jesus, so it's in you bodily. It means that you are, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That means you can show up into places and things change. Just because a believer has showed up. My definition of a believer is this. A believer is God's son, man's servant, and the devil's master. You are God's son because he wants you to receive of his inheritance. So it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man. You are still called a son because the intention is to get you to receive an inheritance of what Jesus paid for. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so womanhood, manhood, it's all the same as long as you're in the hood. What hood? The hood of Christianity. Praise God. You know, just receive Jesus. We let you in the hood. You are, you are a son. Someone shout, I'm a son. Shout, therefore, I have an inheritance. Now watch what he says. He didn't say believers will seek these signs. He says these signs will follow believers. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Notice he puts the word if there uh, so that, you know, you don't go and buy poison to try and test this scripture. He says just in case you drink something poisonous, it's not going to hurt you. And we eat and drink all kinds of things that are poisonous. And so if you don't believe anything else I'm going to preach, at least believe this verse. If I drink anything, if I eat anything crazy, it's not going to hurt me. Because we eat all kinds. Have you ever noticed they have uh, uh, seedless grapes? And a lot of people eat them without questioning. What happened to where was this? Where were these grapes made? What happened to the seeds? It was such a convenient generation, right? They seedless watermelon. What happened to the seeds? I want to know. Is this thing even real? Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was talking to engineer Chris here. He works for uh, uh, Rand Water. He's one of the uh, top guys there. I asked him, I said, the, the water we drink, what's up with that? He said, uh, do you realize that the, the same water we flush down the, the, the toilet? Uh, they, they take it back because they don't want to waste water. They work on it and they send it back for you to drink. Someone shout, I believe, Mark 16. <laughs> Verse 18 with my whole heart. Someone shout, I will hold on to Mark 16. Verse 18 with my entire being. Man, you need it. I'm telling you, you need this verse. If you do a little investigation on the things that we eat, you'll realize we need this verse. But here's what Jesus is giving us. A guarantee is that in his name, it, it's not going to hurt us. And watch how he caps it off. He says, in my name, they will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. He didn't say do it in your own strength. He says, if you are a believer in his name, and here's what typically happens is that someone gets born again in some random place uh, where there are no churches, right? And they read this verse, they believe it. They start going around laying hands on the sick and the sick again recover. And uh, things are working for them until they join a church. 
And, you know, I'm not picking on the church, but I'm just saying, until they join the church, then they're told, oh, oh, no, you can't do that. You need to fast 10 days. Where does it say that? It didn't say believers who fasted 10 days. Oh, I'm going to get into trouble. It just says believers. All kinds of believers can do this. Crazy believers can lay hands on the sick and the sick recover because they're not doing it out of their own strength. They're doing it based on in Jesus' name. Tithing believers. Non-tithing believers can lay hands on the sick and the sick recover because it's not based on your performance. It's based on the power that Jesus has made available and you need to start taking advantage of that power. Can I get an amen? Amen. Believers will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. My wife and I have stood on this verse uh, uh, for many, many years. When we lay hands on the sick, we're not laying hands on the sick on the basis of our position in the church, of our calling in the church. We're laying hands on the sick on the basis of Mark 16, verse 18. Believers, if you are a believer, you can lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. It's a promise from God's word. Hallelujah. And so the enemy wants to stop you. And so the way the enemy wants to stop you is to tell you you're not qualified to lay hands on the sick. And he's going to bring up all kinds of things. And and here's the deal that, guys, if you're not depending on Jesus, you can never do anything that he's asked you to do. You can never do anything in your own strength because the enemy is going to get you. It doesn't matter who you are. If, if, when it comes, if you are condemnable because you're trying to do it in your own strength and what you do, the enemy will get you. Some of you think you're so righteous. There's nothing you know, out of alignment uh, in your life. And, 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 and let me find one for you. Are your e-tolls up to date? Okay, all right, all right. Let's leave that alone. And so you shouldn't try and do it in your own strength. You see, see what I did? TV license. Anyway, let me, let me. Let's leave that alone, right? So, so you can't do anything in your own strength. Yeah, pastor, but I, you know, I, I didn't commit adultery, but the enemy can come to you and say, eat tolls. What you going to do? And so don't allow the enemy to stop you because of what you have done or you haven't done. Let's go to Acts 28. Let me show you. There are only two ways the enemy will attempt to stop a believer uh, who wants to act on Mark 16, uh, verse 17 and 18. He's talking about Paul. Uh, they had a shipwreck, right? Uh, they had a shipwreck and they escaped from from this uh, shipwreck and they got to this island and when they got to the island this is what happened now when they had escaped they found out uh, that the island was called Malta they had escaped from the shipwreck so they got to Malta and uh, the natives uh, showed us unusual kindness verse 2 for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out of the heat and fastened on his hand. In other words, he got a a snake bite, right? So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, "No No doubt this man is a murderer whom, though he escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. 
So, the, you know, they saw that the Apostle Paul had gotten a snake bite, and they said, you know, he escaped the shipwreck, but for real, this guy, he was a murderer. And so they start condemning, and that's the enemy strategy. He will start condemning you and say, you know, you are a murderer. You haven't paid your etos. You haven't done this. You haven't, you haven't fasted enough. You haven't done this, and so on and so forth. And he does it as you're about to lay hands on the sick. And so if you don't realize that it's in Jesus' name, he's going to stop you. And so many of you have allowed the enemy to stop you because all he's done is put a mirror on you of yourself. And, and here's why scripture says when it comes to your adversary, Satan, he says you must uh, uh, agree with him speedily. When he comes to you and he says you're not worthy, you know what you must do? You must agree with him speedily. Say, yeah, I'm not. That's why I'm using Jesus. Yeah. But some of you try to, you know, argue, I'm worthy. No, you're arguing the wrong argument. I, I, if it was Tafara, I wouldn't even be laying hands on the sick. Because I can't do it in my own strength. But in Jesus' name. Remember Peter and John? They're on their way to the synagogue. And I like Peter and John because they, they had a lifestyle Christianity. It's a way of life. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's a way of life. Monday through Friday, they had lifestyle Christianity. They're going to church, uh, a synagogue at noon, and they saw a man crippled uh, at the gate called Beautiful, right? And the man said to them, um, may I please have money? You know, and they said, silver and gold have I none, uh, but such as I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Grabbed him by the hand. Power shot through his body, and he was healed completely interesting that peter and john didn't say oh no 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 you must come with us to the synagogue that's where the encounter conference is <laughs> interesting that peter and john didn't say oh play that song that i like on the piano play that song play, play, play. Oh, oh yeah 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 nobody move because he might just leave Man, if Jesus is that, is that, is that on the edge, he's, he's temperamental, he's just, if that anointing is just ready to leave, when he's just ready to, to leave, man, he, he can't do much for you. Amen? I said amen. Man, all you have to do is to realize that this power that's available is a power that will work anywhere, anytime. And so Peter and John knew this and they snatched him. From his feet. Before the service started. Before the opening prayer. They were already healing people. Man, I've prayed for people for healing at restaurants. Just touch and agree with them and say, let's pray right now. And other people look at us crazy because I'm binding that thing. I'm loosening it. Because I'm, I'm standing in the authority of Jesus. It gives me boldness. So I, I act a little tougher than I really am. See, when I'm, on, when I'm working for Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show up because it's not my strength. It's Jesus' strength. So I'm going to be confident. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to have some faith because it's not faith in me. It's not even faith in my faith. It's faith in what Jesus has done. And he's faithful to make sure that what he says will happen will happen Amen. so because i'm standing on him i can be bold Amen. now you try to stand on you it's going to be hard amen, amen. and so they tried to tell paul they said man the reason paul uh, has this snake uh, bite him is because he was a 
He's a murderer. They look into his past, right? He was a murderer. And though he escaped the sea, but because of, of his past, yeah, he's, he's justice caught up with him. And watch what he says in verse 5. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall to dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. So they came, if the enemy is not going to stop you, right, by pushing you from the front and you are pressing in and he's pushing you, right, he's pushing you back. If he's not going to stop you that way because you know who you are in Christ and you know uh, that you're not using your own authority, you're using Jesus' authority. What he does is, is he turns around you and he goes behind you and he starts to push you forward. He says, ah, okay, you are a god. And then you will start to think that people are getting healed because you're cute. That's not the reason. Amen. Or you have a healing ministry. No, the reason people are getting healed is because you are a believer. And he says, believers shall lay hands on the sick. Anybody who's a believer can do this. Uh, I'm going to get into trouble now. You can't have a deliverance ministry. He says anybody who's a believer should be able to cast out devils. It's a team thing. He's calling the church to rise up and start acting like sons he's calling the church this is entry level by the way this is 101 christianity you should be able to get born again today tomorrow you're already laying hands on the sick and see them recover and some of you you know pastor t i tried it i actually tried laying hands on the sick and i didn't see them recover how do you know are they still alive Yes, they are, but, you know, I didn't see it immediately. Well, Jesus spoke to a tree the one time, and nothing happened in the immediate. And he went away. He didn't call his faith back because he didn't see nothing in the natural. He went away and knew that what he had spoken, the word he had released, was going to keep working unless recalled. And so Jesus left the word on the fig tree. When Jesus walked away, how many of you realized the tree was still plush and green? But Jesus had left a word in it to stop the plush and the green so that it can dry up from the roots. When he came back the next day, he saw that the word had taken effect. How do you know that when you laid hands on the sick, that the process of recovery didn't begin? How do you know that it didn't take effect? I choose to believe that something happened. Because God cannot lie situations circumstances symptoms may try to lie to me but i choose to stand on the word of god Amen. lay hands on the sick and watch them recover Amen. and so there are you know three reasons we're going to look at three reasons uh that might you know uh, uh, stop you stop the literally stop uh the healing from taking effect hindrances uh, that will stop the healing from taking effect if you will allow them as a healing minister i'm talking to you as a healing minister okay i'm not talking to you as a person who needs healing if you need healing we're going to take care of that but i want to equip and empower every single person here to know that god is something for you that's way more than what you've been experiencing right now when people get sick at work man you shouldn't grandpa shouldn't be your first port of call be nice about it, but pray for them. Hey, can I pray for you? 
And it doesn't have to be all dramatic. You can just hold their hand in Jesus' name. I pray that your headache will go. Amen. Do you feel any better? No, not yet. Uh, in 24 hours, you'll be all right. Talk with a little bit of confidence because it's Jesus who sent you. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. Now we act like these verses don't exist. They are here. They are there for believers. Amen. Believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Amen. Praise amen. God. Man, I love it. It says in uh, Matthew 17 verse 14. I want to read Matthew uh, 17 verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, Jesus saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. You know, so it took about a few minutes, right? In that very hour, there was progressive healing. Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, It is because of your unbelief. Now, if you read in uh, uh, new, the New uh, International Version, it would say it's because of your uh, little faith, which is an incorrect translation, because uh, Jesus went on to say further on that if your faith is as little as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountains, be thou removed, and they will be moved. Uh, so the King James Version is more accurate. The reason why they couldn't do it was because of unbelief. What is unbelief? Unbelief is belief that's un. In other words, you are believing on the wrong thing you know what unbelief is is believing the wrong thing so the on the a uh, 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 balance of scales right you're, you're, you're tilted towards what you can see with these physical eyes that's what unbelief is and this is why when someone usually asks me to to pray for them uh, and, and, and they come and they say, you know, Pastor T, would you pray for me? This is the situation. I usually uh, hurry them up, speed them up. I want them to just uh, get to the point. What, what are we praying for? And for the most part, I really am not concerned about the, the real name scientifically of what's bugging them. Because I don't want to be there uh, uh, just, you know, at the mercy of these scientific facts and allowing them to overwhelm my faith. So that I start having unbelief. So I usually say, what's the problem? The problem is, okay, let us pray. And then we start praying. And when we pray, it's usually not a long and drawn out prayer. I'm usually not asking God because God has already done something about it. So I don't have to ask God. Father, if you find it in your heart. No, you don't have to do that. He has already found it in his heart. And that's why he gave Jesus to do something about it. It's already been paid for. Tetelestai, die, right? It is finished. Paid in full when Jesus went to the cross. And healing is now available for us to distribute. As believers, we become the enforcers of God's will in the earth. You are the policeman to enforce God's will in the earth, to make sure that uh, prosperity spreads. You, to make sure that uh, deliverance spreads, to make sure that healing spreads. As a policeman, a representative of God in the earth, that's your job. To make sure that these things spread into all the uh, four corners of the earth. 
Amen? Amen. And just like a cop, <laughs> you need to have this established in your heart that healing is always God's will. Amen. You know, a policeman, can you imagine a policeman? He sees someone stealing, but he doesn't know whether it's the will or it's not the will. So what is he going to do? He's going to call his uh, superintendent at the, at, the, at the station and say, hello, I see a guy stealing here. What should I do? Yeah, I mean, they're going to fire him, right? Yeah. And just like a believer who's still wondering, I wonder what God thinks about sickness and disease. He's already released you to be the enforcer of his will. I wonder what God thinks about poverty. He's already released you to go and enforce prosperity. Amen. Amen. And so the uh, disciples <laughs> went to Jesus, and Jesus said, this is because of your unbelief. You were overwhelmed uh, by the natural things. You were overwhelmed by scientific things. Uh, this is why, you know, you, you really, if you're going to get results, you have to be Bible-wise and science-dumb. You remember Joshua? Joshua is standing in the valley of Ajalon. From Joshua's perspective, he thought that it was the sun. That rises from the east and it goes down in the west. From Joshua's perspective, he thought that it was the sun that moved. And so he stood in the valley of Ajalon and he said, Sun, stand still! So that he could fight the battle and win it, right? And he didn't realize that scientifically when he said that, he had stopped trillions upon trillions of matter in our galaxy, all the different stars and the planets that are in our galaxy that orbit around the sun at a constant speed uh, with the, uh, the correct gravitational pull, right? He didn't realize that all of this was involved for uh, him to be able to accomplish the battle. If he had probably realized what he was stopping scientifically, he probably wouldn't have done it. But because he thought he was the son, he was Bible smart, but science dumb. And sometimes all you need to know is it's just a headache. And then we take care of the headache. Not the kind of headache, you know, this one, this kind. And then they're overwhelming you and they pull out certificates, you know, this one. And then now pray. You've empowered my unbelief. You've overwhelmed my unbelief. Now, what am I going to pray? Amen? Amen? And so unbelief comes from, you know, the natural things, the natural circumstances. We shouldn't be observing those. We should be paying our attention uh, uh, to Jesus and to his word. Can I get an amen? amen? And so it says, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say unto you, if your faith is as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind, what are we talking about? Why, why did Jesus say uh, that they couldn't get the job done? It was because of their unbelief. And, and here Jesus has given them the solution to take care of their unbelief. However, this kind, this kind of what? This kind of unbelief goes out, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So the way to drive out unbelief is through prayer and fasting. Yeah. That's what prayer and fasting is for. It is to work on you and not to work on God. <laughs> see, a lot of people think fasting is working on God. God, can you see? I'm even serious. I'm not even going to eat food today for the whole day. I want this job. Can you see, God? I'm serious about this thing. <laughs> 
this prayer point. I'm serious. I won't even eat food for seven days. God, can't you see it? No, fasting is not to work on God. Fasting is to work on you. In fact, the real purpose of fasting is to bring you into an intimate uh, fellowship with the Lord. You're, you're suppressing the voice of the flesh so that you can be sensitive to the sweet melodies. Sweet melodies that come from his mouth. That's what fasting is for. Fasting is to have a sweet fellowship with the Lord. It is to have a, simply put, it is to have a good time with the Lord. Fasting is to have a party with God. That's what fasting is for. But when you look in Christian circles, people celebrate ending the fast. I saw a guy post a picture of a big old cake. He said, man, look at what I'm about to eat now that the fast is over. Praise God, the fast is over. Dude is happy that the fast is over. Surely he missed the purpose of the fast. Fasting is to have a good time with the Lord. It is to have a fellowship with the Lord. Not just to have a long hunger strike. And then present your petitions. And so Jesus here says this kind of unbelief goes out through prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is not just talking to God. Prayer is fellowship with God. It is allowing God to minister to you. It is allowing God to get your focus and show you his glad tidings. It is allowing God to show you the things that he has already paid for. And as you are uh, focusing on that, as you are uh, 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 drawing revelation from that, as you are fasting and you're suppressing the voice of the flesh, right? Focusing on him unbelief will start to just disappear the natural circumstances will start to mean less and less and the spiritual truth that's what we're talking about dealing with unbelief the natural circumstances start to mean less and less and the spiritual truth start to mean more and more that's what faith is amen faith both faith and fear come from one source Two sources, two sources, two different sources, uh, but one, one key word. The one key word is value. Uh, faith comes from what you value. Faith, uh, fear also comes from what you value. If you value the word of God, you're going to get some faith. If you value the word of the enemy, the circumstances, you're going to get some fear. And so if you change what you value, you can begin to draw uh, faith. Wow. Thank you, Amen. And so I choose to value God's word. I choose to value God's word. And because of that, man, we've seen many people healed uh, uh, in our own lives. Uh, we went to uh, see this guy uh, the one time, my wife and I. He had had a stroke, you know, uh, paralyzed at uh, one side, and so he was sick. I still remember the day vividly. It was a, a rainy, stormy day uh, in Johannesburg, and so we went to pray for him. He had come in. Uh, in fact, they had called his family to come and uh, just say their farewells, and, uh, uh, you know, they didn't think he was going to make it. And so my wife and I went to pray for him, and I said to my wife, you're going to pray, you're going to pray, because I didn't know these people. And the reason I said you're going to pray was because, you know, when I start praying for people, when I start, you know, uh, uh, laying hands on the sick, you know, I start to talk to the sickness, and sometimes if, if you are not a, a seasoned Christian, if you don't know these things, you, you have a hard time, you know, seeing that I'm not talking to the person, I'm talking to the spirit that's on the person, you know, because I get a little loud, a little violent, yeah, you, you sickness, let me talk to you for a minute. 
You know what I mean? Because it, it's the sickness, right? Just like uh, uh, Jesus did, you would uh, speak to the, to the thing that's tormenting the person. So it's not a long, drawn-out prayer. And, and that's another reason why I asked my wife to pray, because at least when she prays, she'll, she knows how to, she has a method. She will still get to the part where you pray for sickness, but she will, you know, pray for the weather and all the nice things, just to get everyone, you know, everyone to calm down. So she would thank the Lord. She would just, you know, Father, we just thank you for this good day. We just thank you for what Jesus did on the cross. She would just thank you, Lord. We just thank you. And then she'll get to the part where she also gets violent. You, you stroke, you, you stroke, right? You're pointing at the person. But you're not really talking to the person, right? You stroke. I command you to leave this body right now in the name of Jesus. Go! Now, I'm not shouting at the old man. But if you are in the carnal, in the natural, it may look like, what's wrong with this guy? Why don't you pray a nicer prayer? You know, a nice prayer won't, you get, won't get you healed. You need someone who knows the authority. In Jesus' name, you foul spirit, leave, loose them. Amen. Amen. And that's how long a prayer of healing is. If you're praying anything longer than that, now you're, you're doing too much. In the name of Jesus, be healed. When you see yourself doing eh, flowers, don't put flowers on this kind of prayer. It's a warfare prayer. In Jesus' name, come out. When you're dealing with demons, you don't have to interview them. Because, I mean, let's think about it. If you, if, you, if you start interviewing demons, right? If I bring a demon up here, start interviewing them, giving them, give a demon a microphone, you know. I've seen those services where they do that. And I've seen when they take the camera from the stage and they put it on the people, no one is fired up. Yeah. Everyone is scared. I've seen people bite their nails. They're like, who are you? My name is Barakata. <laughs> from where? From Cyprus. <laughs> I want to take out your family, your grin. Now, the church is not empowered to do something about it. The church is, you're ministering the church into fear. Amen. I said amen. And so you don't interview. He didn't say, and believers shall counsel demons. He said, shall cast them out. In fact, I saw somebody uh, 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 put a post, you know, in their, the woke generation. <laughs> yeah, if your woke is outside the Bible... Matthew 6, 23, Jesus said, if your light is darkness, how gross is your darkness? If you're woke, outside of the Bible, it's not woke. It's actually triple ignorance. They were saying, uh, this is what they said in their post. They said, uh, maybe churches need to hire professionals uh, to deal with uh, mental health issues. I said, no, we don't. We'll cast the thing out. That's what we'll do. We'll cast it out. We don't need no, no professional help to sit down and say, so what does it do to you? It tells me this and that. Oh, come back next week. We'll ask some more to see if we're doing progress. You know what progress looks like? Come out! And they were set free. Amen. Maybe I'm a little too radical for, for 2022. But I choose to go with the Bible. Amen. Not with some you know, book from some university. This is the truth. And if we stand on this truth, man, we'll see a lot more people set free. 
we'll see a lot more results. And so we went, my wife, uh, before she prayed for that man, she asked him, are you saved? Because, I mean, there's a greater uh, blessing in getting him saved. We don't want to just set him free momentarily. And I set him free for, for eternity as well. Are you saved? And he says, yes, I am saved. And uh, the wife was actually happy that she asked that question. Yeah, are you saved? And the wife looked at him, yeah, you heard that? Are you saved? You know. <laughs> Yeah, I am saved. And she, 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 she went on to lay, uh, put her hands on. She said, you, you stroke, I command you to go right now in Jesus' name. And now you're standing in Jesus, which means just like a doctor, you can begin to spell out what you want to see. It's not out of your own desire. I'm just spelling it out, and Jesus is backing it up. I'm just spelling it out, Jesus is backing it up. I'm, 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 a, I'm a practicing Christian. I'm a practicing believer. Right? Uh, uh, lay hands on them. You, you're going to function. You're going to resume perfect function. Your whole side is going to resume perfect function. They called us the uh, 20, 24, 48 hours later. They said, man, completely healed. He's fine. He went back to his practice. He was a doctor, actually. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He went back to his practice. And, and, and here's the truth about this is that I have many testimonies in my office of not just the things we prayed for, people we prayed for, but people that many believers here prayed for, live group. When people say, hey, what would you like prayer for? On Zoom. Do you know the power of God has been flowing on Zoom? People have been getting prayed for on Zoom and getting healed. We get those testimonies every Friday when they tell us what's happening in live group. Such and such wasn't feeling well and one of the believers because they are the top dogs, right? Believers. One of the believers said, I'm going to pray for them. And then they prayed for them from the other end of, of the city on a computer. The power of God went through that thing and went, came out the other computer. I like to see it vividly, right? Power of God. They got healed. Why? Because they are a believer who just choose to believe what the Bible says. Now, the reason I'm preaching like this is because God is enlisting all of us. I'm out of time, and I'm going to end with this. God is enlisting all of us to his army. You know, I don't like war, and, you know, we don't celebrate what's happening in Europe. But one thing that was encouraging was seeing a young man and, 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 and you know, civilians say, hey, we're going to, we're going to pick up guns and we're going to defend this thing. That's what God has created his kingdom to be like. When he, unle when he unleashed believers, he didn't unleash them to be cheerleaders. He unleashed them to be workers that would do the work of the ministry. Your job is not to just cheerlead one man do the work. It's not just to, man of God, come on, man of God. Give me a P. Give me a P, give me a P, give me an A, uh, give me an A, give me an A, give me an S, uh, give me an S, give me an S, give me a T, uh, give me a T, give me a T, give me an O, oh, give me an O, give me an O, give me an R, pasta. Man, that's not going to get the job done. Can I get an amen? amen? That's not going to get the job done. Do you know what's going to get the job done? If all believers realize what's on the inside of them and start using it. And I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Praise God. Someone shout, I'm a believer. Someone shout, I'm the most powerful man on earth. That's you. You are the most powerful man on earth. 
And if you don't do it, nobody can. Because God has put all of his power on the inside of you. Do you realize what it means that you have the Holy Ghost? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Do you realize what it means when it says he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world? Man, as a believer, God wants to use you to shine his light to the world. Now, you don't have to be religious about it. You don't have to be wild about it. You don't have to be crazy about it. Hey, just like I'm doing, I'm functioning in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we can have a good time. We can laugh. We can have an awesome time. The Holy Spirit doesn't mind using your personality to minister to the world. He's a big guy. Amen? Amen. And so as you go on uh, your business, man, take these opportunities. I consider them opportunities. When people come to you and say, man, I'm not feeling well, <laughs> it's an opportunity. Let's take care of that. At the office that we, we work Monday through Friday, uh, they know me as the pastor who's got all the solutions. All kinds of people come to me with also, and, and it takes us less than 30 seconds to yeah. dish out solutions. Just hold hands. In the, in the cafe, hold hands. Hey, be Lord, I thank you. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Let them go and see what the, the next, next day they usually come with a testimony. Oh, man, you won't believe what happened. Something changed in that moment. What am I doing? I'm just out there being, being a believer. Yeah. That's what believers will do. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. It's not for the chosen frozen. It's for everybody. Christianity is the only religion where God empowers everybody with the same power. Everybody has the same. It's time for us to start using it. Man, some of you, you'll get opportunities to minister to Muslims. Pray for healing for their family. Uh, lay hands on them. Some of you, you'll get opportunities to minister to people, drunkards. We would never, uh, Jesus is going to use healing as a, as, a, as a doorbell, as a dinner bell, to call them over to the big dinner of the God so that they can receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Don't try to judge the people whether they deserve the power of God or not. Just minister. Do what he tells you to do. If he said you lay hands on the sick, do you realize he didn't even say you pray for the sick? He said you lay hands on the sick. Just, just, just touch them. Just... Now you know what's happening. There's a flow of power. Amen. Now, for some of you that like to give up uh, quickly, there's no limit to how many times you can uh, pray for, for one person for one thing. You can put power of God today, put the same power of God tomorrow. Jesus prayed for this man who was blind, asked him, he said, what can you see? He said, I see men like trees. He knew that there was uh, a progress there, but it wasn't full progress. So you know what he did? He laid hands again. And then he got full manifestation of their healing. Don't give up. Man, we will lay hands on you. If you have sickness, I don't mind. I'll lay hands on you until the hair rub off your head. We will lay hands and put as much power in, in you to dispel that thing. There is no quitting. There is no giving up. We have work to do as a church, as believers. And man, I'm telling you, some of you, here's the frustrating thing that's going to happen this week. Is that... You won't bump into anyone sick. 
when I got these revelations, man, I was hunting them. I was, are you okay, bro? Are you okay? Anybody sick? Yeah. Anybody sick? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody? In fact, my wife, who we were leaving uh, church, who we were leaving church, and this guy, he was, he, we didn't know he was faking it. So he came on William Nicole. He came, and, and uh, she put out her hand like this. She had money on her hand, right? And he put out a hand like this, 10 rand. And as he reached out to try and grab that 10 rand, be healed in Jesus' name. He didn't know what, what hit him. We only found out, you know, a few months later that he was faking it. He didn't need healing. But we put it in him anyway. Amen. And so, so, so I say this to say that this week, you're not going to, you know, the enemy is clever, right? He doesn't want you to practice. And get some confidence around this. So he's not going to bring anyone uh, sick around you this week. It's just not. I know how he acts. In fact, in the first service, at the end of the service, I said, "Anybody sick? We want to. Nobody sick." Yeah, no <laughs> I said, "Man, power is here. We want to pray for you, from as little as a headache. Nobody sick, because the enemy is trying to, you know, get us to go to the next series yeah. in April, in March, in May." And then he'll start bringing them to you to see if you really caught this series. Now, don't turn this into a seasonal thing. This is who you are. Don't ever forget this. Even if you're caught unawares, he might caught you before praise and worship music. He might, the enemy might, it doesn't take any of this extra stuff we're trying to add. Just lay hands on them, pray for them, and watch what God will do through you. Amen. Can I pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for these, your precious children. Lord, I thank you for you have called us uh, to be believers. You've called us to cast out devils. You've called us to uh, live a life of power. Anything uh, uh, that we eat or drink, uh, it won't poison us. It won't hurt us because you have put divine life on the inside of us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us. And if that same spirit is on the inside of us, it will quicken every single cell in our mortal bodies. It will quicken every single tissue in our mortal bodies. It will quicken every organ in our mortal bodies. Lord, we just thank you now uh, for resilience. We, that, we just thank you uh, for staying power. We, we thank you for you told us, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Lord, I thank you that these are among those that will be counted. Those that will stand in the face of sickness and tell it to go in the name of Jesus. These are among those that will stand like uh, Peter and John. Stand in the authority of the name of Jesus and pray for people with a conviction and a boldness uh, to see them completely delivered. Lord, we just thank you and we give you all the praise. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. Now, before we go, we want to pray for anyone that's got pain in their body. If you're here, we want to pray for you before we leave. It's a pain-free zone. It's a pain-free life. Amen. And so don't leave with it. And so if that's you, just put your hand wherever you are. We want to lay hands on you. I see that hand. And there are believers over there. I see another hand over there. Just, just put your hand on them. He say, believers shall lay hands on the sick. Make a point of contact. Just put your hand on them. And let the power of God just flow through you. Believers shall lay hands on the sick. And the sick shall recover. Some of you, as you get back home, you know, your children, the doctors have given you uh, 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 reports on your children and all kinds of uh, crazy things about your kids. Man, don't revisit those things. Start to revisit the scriptures you learned today. Start to build your faith in this and tilt the, the, the balance of scales uh, towards this. Amen. 
Amen. That there is a life. There is a river that's flowing out of you right now as a believer. We want to pray for this. Father, in the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, we speak to these bodies right now. We command every form of sickness, every disease, every pain, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. We command it to go right now in Jesus' name. We've stood on Mark 16 verse 18. We are the believers. We have laid hands on the sick. And now it's time for them to recover. And so from today onwards, it's going to be an uphill. It's going to be an uphill towards divine health. Easy. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And someone said, Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.